Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I used that entire video the other day at our school in Bronson because there's just way too much going on that's tearing down what God's trying to build up. I'm beginning a series this morning that's going to run through every bit of January and maybe into February. And the title of the message this morning and throughout this series is simply this, Are You Living Where You Belong? And I hope that you have been captured by what you have seen on that video. And I am confident and I'm convinced that when you silence the critic within, the critics outside will not matter. But the issue is so often we allow the critic on the inside, which happens to be ourselves, to override the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And when we override the Holy Spirit, it won't be long until you're going to be overridden by the critics on the outside. Let's pray. Father, I pray that everything that you have been building inside of me over the last month will be delivered on this first session in this series. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we absolutely yield to the Holy Spirit and we silence the critic on the inside And we absolutely ignore and walk away from the critics on the outside. May the people of God begin to stand up and recognize who they are in Jesus Christ. And I'm asking this morning that we will begin to come up to where we're supposed to be in you. Speak to our hearts. I pray that you will speak to my heart. May I never ever be the same as a result of what you're about to deliver into our hearts. In Jesus' name, God's people said. The opening part of that video was by T.D. Jakes. I'm always amazed when people say, you know, God's not in our schools anymore. That's not the truth. There are all kinds of ways that you can introduce the gospel into our schools. You just have to be savvy. You just have to be sharp. You have to be on the cutting edge so that you do it, and you do it in such a way that lives are changed. When he opened up that video, he talked about mindsets. This morning, this is all about being where you're really supposed to be, up where you belong. If you have your Bibles, and you can follow that way, or you can look to the screen. Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 when he said, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You cannot think this year the way that you thought last year, or you're going to get the same results that you've already had. Meaning this, if you're in the dating world, and you're dating someone who puts you down and who bullies you last year, and you keep that relationship going, you're going to get more of what you've already had. So I want to put to rest... This concept of, well, I don't know what will happen if I walk away from him or if I walk away from her. I'm talking about dating. I'm not talking about marriage. I want to encourage you to get back up where you belong. 
and renew your mind and your goals and your objectives and let that person go. Because if they're a critic in your life when you're not married to them, wait till you get married. In the Bible, it would be Exodus chapter 19 and verse 4. God is speaking to the Israelites and he says, How I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. It is the desire of God for you and I to soar. But most Christians live down where everybody else lives. But this morning, I want you to know that God absolutely is endeavoring to bring you, to bring your family, to bring this ministry, to bring this community, to bring this tri-county up area, area up where it's never been before. And let me say this to you also this morning. When I used to live in the world, and I did the things that the world has to offer, the world never apologized when I stepped into their arena. Now, what is he talking about? I am not going to apologize for God's kingdom. Because his kingdom ultimately is going to win. And if you will live in his kingdom, you also will win. Why did you say that? This afternoon, I'm going to be preaching in the community service. And that's a different message. It's going to be on the cross. There are two things that I'm concerned about. As a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. In most of our churches across the nation. The absence of the cross... And the absence of prayer. When those go by the wayside, all that you have is a social gathering. So I will not compromise and I will not water down the ministry of the word of the Lord. I'm going to preach God's word and I'm going to remind you of who you are and where you're supposed to be. And the sooner we get there, the more success we'll have. The world is set to pull you down. God comes in and he begins to lift you up. I want you to feel the expression of his love this morning so that you feel God beginning to lift you back up where you belong. It all begins with the way that you think. In fact, as I've been studying over the last month, the Holy Spirit gave this to me. If you want to know where people are think, what they're thinking about, watch where they walk. Not always what they say, but where they walk will also show you what's going on in their world. Here. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 11 and 12, it says, As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, so the Lord alone led him. I want to encourage you this morning to come under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like yielding to the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing worse than to be in the kingdom and trying to run the show. Come on, church. Come on, church. The Bible says that the redeemed of the Lord should say so. There are many who are in the kingdom, but the leadership of the Holy Spirit is on the back shelf. They're trying to run their world the way they ran it when they were in the world. But if you're a lover of this world, then you're at enmity with God. You can't love the world and love God. Let me explain it to you this way. It would not be wise on my part to have a great romantic life with my wife and then have something over on the side. Come on, church. You know, we'll criticize that, but we'll never critique ourselves how we still love the things of this world. Where are you, pastor? I'm deep in God's word this morning. When you love both the world and the things of the kingdom, there will never be what you should experience up where you belong. Something has got to be let go. 
Something you've got to give up. You're either going to give up the things of the kingdom or you're going to give up the things of the world. That's another thing I just want to mention along the way. Let me pause for a second. I have not talked to him about the worship at all. I keep my hands off the things that God doesn't want me to touch. Do you? But when we sang it as well with my soul, I was at Tacoa Falls College when that dam broke and we were out of school and over 40-some people lost their lives in Georgia. When we came back to school, my faith was strengthened and anchored and you should really pay close attention because you're going to go through storms. But if you don't have an anchor, you're coming down. When we went into chapel the very first day back, the opening song that they sang, it is well with my soul. Even though we had lost professors and friends and colleagues, we stood in that incredible gymnasium and we sang, it is well with my soul. What am I saying? I'm concerned about the body of Christ, not just this ministry. I'm concerned about the body of Christ when we so quickly forget those who've gone before us. And all that we can think of is what's the latest. I'm drawing upon what those who've gone before me went through so that I can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Hallelujah. So I see a great need for the church to stop compromising and to start crying out, God, show up and change us. We're in dangerous times when the church is beginning to lead the world in divorce. That would just be one example. I said to an individual the other day, I would love for you to love me but that's not as important as for you to respect me. Now, what are you talking about? I would love for this house to be in love with me, but it's more important that you would be in love with Jesus Christ, but you need to respect the word of the Lord. You need to respect God's word. Sometimes it may come across and it doesn't feel good. That's part of our problem in this world. If it feels good, I'll go with you. But when it stops feeling good, I'm out the door. Can I tell you something? There are days when I don't feel like showing up at the academy. There's days when I was at Chief of Middle School and High School, it was like, do I got to do this again? I thought you called me to preach. And man, the Lord's been coming back to me and saying, I called you to walk with me. See, God has his agenda, but we have, but we have our agenda. You're going to lay down your agenda if you walk in the kingdom. And if you learn to soar like God wants you to soar and to be able to do what you saw on that video this morning, there's got to be a rendering of your agenda to the agenda of heaven so that you can soar like God wants you to soar. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. When I hear believers... By the way, I should be listening, shouldn't I? As a pastor, as a shepherd. When I hear believers talking about that they're tired and that they're weary and they don't know if they can continue on, that tells me they've not been waiting on the Lord. 
We live in a society that's not willing to wait. Let's talk to our young people again for just a moment. They're taught, they're schooled not to wait. If you want something, just go ahead. We're taught as couples, rather than marrying, let's just live together and see how this is going to work out. Like I said, I'd love for you to be in love with me as a pastor, but it's better that you respect the word of the Lord. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Those are the kind of people I want in my life. I want people who absolutely are going through it, but every time I watch their lives, they are soaring. God wants you up above all the situations. God wants you up above all the circumstances. God wants you up above all of your emotions. God wants you up above everything that seems to be coming against you. God wants you up. And so during the holidays, I mentioned this last week, that when I heard that Joe Cocker had passed, and what's cool about that is in this generation, there's kids that don't know anything about Joe Cocker. I'm not asking you to delve into his life. But not only have we lost sight of those who've gone before us just in the natural realm, we don't even know those who've has a, who have had a legacy in the kingdom. Because it's all about us. Good preaching, Pastor. And Max Licato wrote a book entitled, It's Not About Me. But we live in that society. Can you imagine what that would look like in a marriage relationship? It's all about me and it's all about me. Now you put those two together and see what you got. Neither one of them are going to be able to go up. Where they belong. Listen, I want you to hear this as a prophetic word for this region. A prophetic word. That means it's something that came from heaven to me to give to this region beyond these walls. Because God is weary and he is heavy laden of heart to see this tri-county area always beaten down. God wants this area raised up so that people will know they belong up, not down. See, I have a little passion there because I've lived here since 1988. And I care about this tri-county area. And maybe I'm sure sometimes if you read it the way you look through your lenses, you don't read it right. That's why you wouldn't have ever been welcomed in the gym where I used to coach. Because you wouldn't know what to do with that. Because we're so soft. And we're so concerned that maybe we've crossed somebody's feelings. Let me tell you something. If you really do believe in the power of the cross... He's going to touch your feelings. He's going to rearrange some things in your life. There will be days when you will go, what are you doing? Can I get a witness? Where are you? I haven't sensed your presence in a long time. Are you sure that I really am an eagle? Am I up where I truly belong? Oh, God, my school, my home, my business, God. Come on, church. And so the opening line of up where you belong goes like this. Who knows what tomorrow brings? In a world, few hearts survive. The church isn't the only one that has information. 
In fact, Jesus was safer outside the temple than he was inside the temple. Some of my best days and some of my best work has been outside the framework of what we call church. In a world few hearts survive. I'm thinking of the Bishop family this morning from Williston. Let me talk to parents for a few moments. The information I received in regards to Stu uh, passing the other night, he's a Williston High School athlete student. He was on a curfew. He was trying to get home on curfew. He didn't make it. Parents, let me encourage you. Yes, be willing to have standards and systems and guidelines. But there are times when you've got to have a little bit of flexibility. And you've got to modify some things. I said to the prayer warriors this morning, I said, I'd rather have my children coming home late than dead. Come on now. Come on, church. So I'm wondering this morning about the Bishop family. No, I don't know them, know them, but I wonder how hard it is hurting in the heart. And will they be able to survive? The Holy Spirit and the body of Christ needs to get around that family and lift them back up. And it doesn't happen overnight. Quick fixes. That's the agenda of the world, not of the kingdom. But even the disciples, are you here this morning? Even the disciples, when they finally figured out who Jesus was, they tried to get him to take over before it was time. Come on, church. They did. Because they saw him as the ultimate. And he was going to be able to remove all the stigma from Rome. And so they had their agenda. How many know that the kingdom overrules and overrides our agendas? Come on, church. And then the last part of that first phrase of the song, all I know is the way I feel when it's real, I keep my prayer alive. I'm going to just talk about the one area this morning. I want to talk about the heart. We'll save prayer for later. And most Christians live that way. I got this and I'll pray later. When you go through a few experiences like Tacoa Falls College and the dam breaking and people being swept out into eternity, you start learning the importance of prayer. Come on, church. You can save a whole lot on the back end by prayer on the front end. I'm calling this house to be a house of prayer. That's nothing new. That's what Jesus called it. But that's boring. That's because you don't know him. Now, see, that's offensive, pastor. You shouldn't have said it that way. Let me say it again. That's because you don't know him. Why are you like this sometimes? Because you live and I live in a very calloused world. And if you think that our gentle little ways of trying to coax them into the kingdom is going to work, then you have forgotten what the crucifixion was all about. Because when he went down the Via Della Rosa, that was not a pretty scene. Stop trying to be married to the world. That's called adultery, spiritual adultery. I love you, Lord, but I can't hardly wait to get out of here so I can entertain all the other things. The reason I'm going to continue to preach 
The way that God's called me to preach is because someday I'm not standing before any of you. I'm standing before Him and I want to tell you something. That gives me diarrhea. When I think that I've got to give a report for every station where he's had me, from Georgia to North Carolina, up into Canada, down into Florida, let me tell you something, it causes me to tremble. And I'm sure you're sitting there going, man, you shouldn't preach that way. You need to learn to fear God. Holy fear for God will elevate you up where you belong. Have a holy fear for God in this place. So life is to be lived from the heart. All we're going to look at for a few more moments is just the heart. Remember what the lyric said. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Go raise that question to the bishop family this morning. Little did they know that when that happened on Tuesday, that on Saturday they would be putting their son to rest. In a world few hearts survive... I pray over this house. Robin prays with me. The, the leadership, I almost said faculty and staff. The leadership, Bradley and Amy and the other leaders, we are praying that your heart will be able to survive. There are so many young people that are out on our streets and in our schools whose hearts have been broken. And we're asking them to engage intellectually with academics and their hearts have been smashed. It is the job of the church to bring them back up where they belong. And it's the changing of my mindset. I said to the Lord the other day, if the church can't handle this anymore, then put me out on the motivational track so that I could go motivate some people and get them up to where they belong. There's more to being in the kingdom than just coming and feeling good. There should be a passion that comes from this platform out over your lives and you go, man, there's passion there. Whoa, there's fire there. Man, those people care. And that's how Jesus feels about you this morning. So life is to be lived from the heart. Let's look at four scriptures and then we're going to dial in and we're going to listen to Joe Cocker. And then we're going to wrap up with communion. The other servant of the Lord who also is on staff here, he talked about using different baits. I'm not concerned about the baits. I just want to make sure that ultimately we are exalting the one who was willing to be on the cross on our behalf. That's the bottom line, is that Jesus Christ is exalted and magnified and that the cross will never, ever be taken out of this ministry. It is because of the cross of Jesus Christ that you are here. It is because of the power of the cross that Robin and I have been able to go through the storms. It is because of the power of the cross that there's a reservation for us on the other side. almost have a half a notion to ask him to come and close out the service this afternoon and sing the power of the cross. We have lost the emphasis of the power of the cross. If I can just somehow wow people, they'll come in. What about the power of the cross in open demonstration? What about the exalted name that's above every name? He alone is worthy and he can do it. All he needs is yielded eagles. One day I'm going to see him. (laughs) And it really won't matter at that point what everybody thought about what I brought. I just want to hear one thing, and that's not being arrogant. 
You've got a trim line. You've got to bring things into focus to where you absolutely know I'm on the back nine of my life and the only thing that matters now is that I hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in to your rest. That's the bottom line. When I was much younger, I brought much disgrace upon the kingdom, upon my family, my family heritage, and I made a commitment and a vow that that will never happen the rest of my life. If that means people are with me or if there's no one, it doesn't matter. What matters is what he has known about me that would cause you to walk away right now. And he says, I love you. I love you. I'm going to keep bringing you up. I'm going to show you how to be an eagle. I'm going to show you how to overcome because you belong up, not down. Yes, to the glory of the Lord. Yes, to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm believing that out of this ministry, I can save you money, dare I say it this way, with being on podcast, save you money and save you time if you will study and watch and learn from us, those of us who have gone through a lot of the training, I can set you up in a position through the power of the Holy Spirit to continue ministering in this house and anywhere else that God takes you. But you've got to be willing to be mentored. Oh, I just about had a big one right there. My goodness, church, standing before you is at least 35 years of ministry. For those who feel like they're called of God, you need to be going, talk to me. Let, let me hear. I need to know. What are the pitfalls? Where are the jagged rocks? What, what did you learn when you were dating 500 years ago? Life is lived from the heart. So now you know how old Robin is. Four verses quickly, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. All you got to do is look at what's important to you and you will absolutely gravitate that way. Let me go back over that verse again. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. I have more treasures already on the other side than I have down here. And if you've ever been to a funeral, you know those that have gone before you, they didn't take anything with them. And you also know families fight over what was left behind. Not only do they fight, they absolutely will divide themselves and conquer each other. How many know that I'm not lying to you? It's absolutely the truth. That's what happens when what we look at and what we think about, I want that so bad. My goodness, I've got one of those old iPads. Is there a way that I can get his iPad? That's just an example. We do that because where our treasure is, our thoughts and our attitudes and our actions follow after those treasures. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. All that God needs for us to do is to trust Him. And trust is not just a vocabulary term. It isn't just something that I say. It is something that you watch and you go, you know what, I don't have any idea how that's worked out for them. But man, they are so far beyond the understanding of the natural. They must be trusting the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning, put your trust in the Lord. Bypass your understanding. Trust in the Lord. 
I don't even know if you captured that at all. I don't know if you captured that. And remember, listen, I'm not brain dead. I'm not standing up here having never furthered anything. Tomorrow I'll be in an educational setting, but I'll be glad to tell them there too. Bypass your understanding and learn to trust in the Lord. Trust in God. Father. I believe with all my heart, church, that the body of Christ has broken Father's heart many times because all that he asks of us is simply this. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Take your hands off. Refuse to do all the things that you normally would do and trust me. I'll show you what to do. Will you do what I show you? Life is to be lived from the heart. So let's take a look real quick. We have two verses to go. Are you ready? Listen, what type of hearts are going to survive? Those who have their treasures in the right place. What hearts are going to survive if you hear a bad report or something didn't go the way that you want, wanted it to go or you lost a lot of money or the job didn't happen or whatever? How are you going to survive that? Because of a simple thing, your treasures are not here, they're there. And how will you survive in this world that is set on breaking your heart by trusting in the Lord? Watch this. Watch this. Well, all I need to do is just get the right people around me, and it's an automatic. Pastor James walked up here back in the summer, stood right here, and he preached. And that message, at that time, I was in need of four individuals yet at the academy. I had racked my brain, and it was done. It was beginning to backfire. And as a result of that message and what the man of God said that night... Man, you know what? By the beginning of that following week, I had four of the best. They came to me. I didn't. I'm asking you to put your trust in the Lord. I'm asking you to put your confidence in the Lord. He redeemed you and he will keep you and he has qualified you to be up where you belong. You will feel so much better when you learn to trust in the Lord with all your heart and stop leaning on your own understanding. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Man, our young people need to grab that. Man, he's slick, he's sharp, he's smart, got the car, got this, got that. Woo, all I need to do is hook up with him. Well, well, well. Remember the old rock and roll song? Heartbreak Hotel. That's where you're headed. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Robin and I had a meal the other night with Bradley and Amy, and, and it wasn't family. It was more about ministry. And I said to both of them, I said, this ministry has come under incredible attacks through the years, but the thing that we have done is stayed on a lockdown position and guarded our hearts. I'm inviting you to guard your heart. Guard your marriage. Guard your job. Place it in the throne room. Guard your finances. Place it in the throne room. Guard your love. Place it in the throne room. Guard your children. Place them in the throne room. Have I watched parents and grandparents overly protect? Absolutely. 
Is that the best way to go? No. Give people the information. That's what I'm doing this morning in a preaching mode. And then it's up to them to do something with it. Come on, church. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. Hmm. Oh, my son or daughter, give me, uh uh-oh, give me your heart. May your eyes delight in my ways of wisdom. God can't even open up wisdom until he has what he wants most, and that's your heart. But when God has your heart, he begins to open up the windows of heaven. I'm not talking about money. And he begins to give unto you what the book of James talks about. He gives you wisdom. He will give you wisdom. But how can he give us heavenly wisdom and treasures when our heart doesn't belong to him? There are people who want to be saved, but they want to keep their heart. Let me say that one again. There are people that want to be saved, but they want to keep their heart. I don't want to go to hell, but I certainly still want to be in the in the main area of the vehicle. I'll do the driving. I'll listen once in a while. I might even call you co-pilot. But I have got this. I have got this. I've got the whole thing. And listen, parents, long before they say it to you, they've said it heavenward. Folks, I don't have a thing. And I'm only 21. Smile. Meaning what? Folks, the the further I go in this journey, the more I just have to depend upon Him and say, Lord, You know, and I trust You. I am confident that what You have given is going to be fulfilled. And I am confident of this one thing, that He who has begun a good work in us, He's going to perfect it. He's going to perform it. So, Father, here's my heart. And I want You to guard what I've given unto You. And I'm asking that You would guard our children and guard this ministry. And may the cross of Jesus Jesus Christ always be emphasized in the house and may your people always be built up and lifted up. May they know that they are eagles. In Jesus' name, give God praise in the house. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.